Hey, this is Jason Bailey from the Dank Rares Podcast. One of the things that got me really excited early on about blockchain and art is the quality of the people. Travis from Curio Cards is a perfect example. Travis quit his job about a year ago so that he could work full-time on crypto. A lot of his time goes to developing Curio Cards, a platform for artists that makes it possible for people to tokenize their work. Travis thinks it's important that artists shouldn't have to understand or have cryptocurrency in order to participate. So he goes out of his way to actually pay the fees to help tokenize the work and then take zero commission when the artwork is sold. I hope you enjoy our interview. Thanks for taking the time out. It was great to uh, meet you at the conference. What a what a cool event, huh? Oh, that was so cool. And my favorite part too is that it was like, uh, you know, like the first digital art conference that I had heard about. Certainly the first you know I've been to. And since that meeting, I know of like four other conferences that are coming up and events. And it's just it's not so fast. The space is growing. Yeah, I saw you posted a, um, a tweet that you're putting together a calendar um, to help yeah. folks. Cool. Where, so where are the, I, I saw the tweet, but I haven't had a chance to click. Where are the uh, upcoming conferences at? There's uh, South by Southwest is me a crypto art event. There's going to be one in San Francisco, a Makeathon. There's a bunch in New York um, with the, the Doge Bridge, Ethereum Bridge project. Yeah, I've been finding out since the people that I met at the at the, at the Rare AF. I've been talking with a lot of them, and they're telling me about all these different events they're putting together. And uh, the community organizer in me realized this is too confusing. I I do the Bitcoin meetup group in San Francisco as well. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. Yeah, I organized the San Francisco Bitcoin meetup group. Uh, It's the second or third largest Bitcoin meetup group in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so what I like to do usually is try to start out with sort of just people's background in general. So that kind of ties in nicely. So, yeah, before Curio Cards, like what, what, um, what's your background school-wise and interest-wise? What led you into uh, Curio Cards? Yeah, I, I used to my, – my school background is computer uh, science and, and business. But I used to work at an environmental nonprofit, nothing to do with crypto at all. I was their system administrator. I ran all the servers, uh, just a tech guy. And uh, gosh, about four years ago, uh, I just got really interested in Bitcoin. And I started showing up at all the events in San Francisco, which is just lucky me, the right city to be in uh, for Bitcoin. There's just such a huge, yeah, huge community of it around here. And Three years ago, the organizers of the meetup group, uh, Paige and Isabel, they wanted to essentially retire, move on, not retire, but move on to other projects. Um, Paige now works at Zcash. Isabel uh, works at another fintech startup. And uh, I had been helping out by that point. I'd just been helping out with all the meetups because I had a lot of free time. And um, yeah, so I just, I just took the event over. It just made the most sense and just kind of kept, kept the torch burning. Because at the time, Bitcoin wasn't very popular. It was... The price of tanks, 200 bucks, you know, nobody, nobody was, we had 20 people, 15, 20 people show up at our events. Uh, it was like a whole house. Oh, wow. 25 people came today. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Got to order two so pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a lot of work. All I did was just keep the events on time, you know, keep the, keep the catering, keep the sponsors happy, you know, just, just kind of maintain the status quo. And then about, I don't know, uh, a year or two ago, things blew up a lot bigger and 
I started taking time off from work to work more on the event. And then in May, I quit my job all, all together. And so now I'm full-time crypto. And that's around the same time that we launched the first set of Curio cards. And that was just kind of a, a, um, a hobby idea, fun idea that I was working on. It wasn't a business or anything, yeah. Cool. So you're, you were heavy into Bitcoin, um, mm-hmm. and you decided that um, you wanted to quit your job. Now, when you, when you quit your job, was that largely to work on Curio cards, or was that largely to focus on your Bitcoin investing? Both. Uh, the plan was to do 50-50, uh, spend more time with the community. This was 50-50 is incorrect. I was going to spend time with the community, a bunch of time with Curio, and then the rest just just being full-time in a space, just giving it all my attention, seeing what happened. Uh, there'd be so much amazing things that I'd hear about but then miss out on because I had a, a job. I couldn't run off to that conference. I couldn't... Uh, you know, on the phone call with a friend working on something because I had work, you know, so I just wanted to have a big chunk of time uh, just available. Yeah, it seems like it's on fire right now. Everybody's kind of wants to crypto everything. I I actually just kind of accidentally stumbled into it. And, you know, the article I wrote ended up going to the top of the Google charts. So now everyone's asking me questions. And I feel like I need to learn more to, to so that I can answer uh, answer them. But I think there's, um, you know, in addition to sort of the gold rush fever, there's a lot of substance that's really exciting. So um, Curio Cards, you start as a, a hobby back in May-ish. Are you, what are you looking at? Like when you start Curio Cards, are, does it come out of nowhere or what other projects are you looking at? Well, it, it came out of, and this is actually someone else I want to talk to if you haven't already. If you want to learn more about the crypto art space, uh, are you familiar with Crypto Graffiti? Uh, I've I've seen that um, that's an artist listed on the Curio Card site, but I don't know much about yeah. crypto graffiti. Website crypto, but you you should you should talk to him honestly uh, for sure. I can get connect you guys. He's a, he's a good friend. Yeah, cryptograffiti.com. Um, he did he's done a lot of amazing work. And about not not quite two years ago, but but near enough. Uh, I met him at a meetup event. I mean, I knew of him, but because um, he had been doing this stuff for a while. The Bitcoin meetup group was involved in an art show back in like 2014 uh, called the Bitcoin Art Fair. Uh, so then a f- uh, about two years ago, me and him, I knew of him from, from way back. Uh, not from that, but from just, just around. And he told me there's a lot more people doing it now. Because when we did the Bitcoin Art Fair, it was just a couple of people, nothing really very serious. And he, he was letting me know there's like a whole now art community developing around it. And it was, it was a few years ago. It was, it was quite impressive. And we decided to do another art show, just kind of, you know, throw part two. So we did the proof of art is what we called it, uh, sort of a, a play on words and proof of work. Because we also do proof of drink. It's a bar. We go to a bar and we have a tab and it's free drinks and we call it proof of drink. <laughs> there you go. So, so actually, he even told me about this at one of the proof of drink events. Um, we were we were getting drinks, and he said, "Hey, I'm a Bitcoin artist." I'm like, "I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what is that? You mean you like sell work for Bitcoin? No, I make work about Bitcoin." And and so we did an art show, uh, and that was not this. It was the May 2016, I guess. Yeah, May 2016 was when the art show then finally came together. And we had like five or six artists and essentially just me and him picked the artists. It was a physical show. We had, we have set up in our art gallery. We were one of the, we were the first people to use the art gallery. It was a new space, uh, this place called Code and Canvas. And we were painting the walls for them before, like, like that's how last minute it was. Like we were painting the walls because it was still rough. 
and like uh, putting up the the brackets and stuff. I got to you know uh, Dorian Nakamoto. You know who that is? No. Uh, Dorian Nakamoto. He was this guy. Newsweek outed him as Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's the old Japanese guy. You probably seen his face. There's a meme. He's like doing this. Yeah, you know, uh, really unsure. Yeah, he's just a sweet old Japanese guy, and Newsweek got it in their heads that he was Satoshi, which he's not. Like I've met him, he's not. He's just a sweet old guy who likes trains. That's <laughs> all he talks about. And he actually was there because he's friends of Crypto Graffiti. Crypto Graffiti did a really cool um, uh, portrait of him in credit cards. And I got, I got like my favorite picture. I got a picture of Dario Nakamoto painting walls. Uh, at our Bitcoin uh, art show, <laughs> down to the last minute, like Satoshi was painting the walls, uh, and everybody wanted a picture with him during the show too. He was like the mascot, um, and I don't know who, but somebody got an auger shirt on him before. You know, like the best PR for them ever. Like everyone was, all their Twitter feeds were full of like Satoshi Nakamoto wearing an auger shirt, taking pictures of, like Jesse Powell of Kraken and stuff. And uh, um, so yeah, we did that. And that was a lot of fun. I met a lot of really cool people, and uh, got really, really interested in the space after that. So that didn't lead directly to Curio, but that's kind of what got my attention. Um, Curio, the idea there was to do it online because that was a physical show. And we, it was curated. The art show was. Curio was also curated. We did 30 cards. Me and Crypto Graffiti just talked to artists that we knew and um, also talked to some artists that didn't have any Bitcoin, weren't crypto artists. I, I really liked the idea of crypto art being a way for artists to get involved in the space that aren't yet like just a way to outreach to them i think i personally think it's really important that crypto needs artists is my stance like everyone always says that bitcoin's too complicated to explain to people but you look at subcultures you know hip-hop hipster you know all these different groups they have very complex rules of engagement very complex rules of etiquette and everyone understands them just fine because musicians and artists and writers and reporters have explained them to us and i think i think that's what bitcoin needs it needs artists to to help explain the culture and help define the culture and define it and find it and uh so i really like the idea of creating a project that can get people who don't have any Bitcoin, you know, don't have Ethereum, don't know anything about it, but they're really talented as a way for them to like get involved. So three of the artists that we launched on Curio didn't have any Bitcoin. They weren't Bitcoin people. They're just regular artists. And now they have like Ethereum. And and since then, some of them have bought Bitcoin. And one of them I haven't, I haven't heard from, but two of them, so one of them, I don't know what happened to the other one. They, they like, I knew they got way into it. They were buying and trading. And the third one, like she is, um, Helping out with Curio now, like she's become one of our, our she's become our lead designer, uh, and she never touched Bitcoin before. Yeah, so that was that was really cool, and that was sort of the goal was just kind of try it out. So a lot of Bitcoin artists, but not not entirely Bitcoin artists. And we did we did thirty cards as a way just to mostly test our ability to create these cards and and how it would look because no one we hadn't done it before. There's a lot of projects doing this stuff now, but no one really was doing art on Ethereum back then. Uh, CryptoPunks hadn't, hadn't come out yet. So we were mostly testing the contracts. We didn't do a lot of press or anything. We were just goofing off with the contracts, me and uh, uh, some friends uh, of mine. And uh, yeah, so we did we did 30 cards like that kind of test for, to test those kind of, see how people would react to it, see how the artists would react to it, and see if it would even work. So 30, 30 cards across how many artists? Uh, seven artists. Seven artists. Very cool. If you look on the website, you'll see, I think it shows six artists, and it shows cards 11 through 30. Cards 1 through 10 are so rare, they're not even on the website. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to them? 
they're, they're, I'll put them up eventually. Uh, it was it was a joke. It was like an, a joke that somebody made um, when I was first setting the site up, and I just liked it. So I, I'm, in, I'm rewriting the whole website right now to make like a nice scalable gallery. So it's not worth it to put the 10 cards into the current website because the new one's just, I'm just putting all my effort into the new site. But I, I love that joke. So I, I intentionally left them off. <laughs> they're just, uh, they were an artist named Fanique did them, and uh, they kind of tell a story. So the first 10 were very different. The first time, also, the community picked how rare they were. We made 100,000 of each. And at the end of the week, whatever cards weren't sold, we burned. Gotcha. So some cards, there's 2,000 of them. Some cards, there's 200 of them um, in the 1 through 10. And it's like 216, right? So it's a random number because it's just whatever people happen to buy before we burned them. That's interesting. Um, so it's the, the uh, rareness is dictated by the initial supply and demand? Yeah, but it kind of created this weird effect where the mo- the more popular cards were more common, and the rare cards were like the ones people didn't like. <laughs> so, and also the artists they they obviously they want to have control over their artwork. They want to know how many cards are being made. So we did we only, we did that for the first ten to try it out, but then we decided against that. So then the next the next set of cards, the artists would pick how many they wanted, and then the artists kind of played around with that number. Like um, if you see on the website, Daniel. He, he has he did three cards and one card there's 333 of them the next card's 222 of them and the third card's 111 of them superstitious Rolbeck, yeah Rolbeck world did a set of cards and there were there was three cards and two of them had 500 and the other one was 250 so like just one was one, but they were a set you wanted all three so like one of them was really rare and the only way to have all three is to have that one too and of course that one sold out way faster than the others uh, I think they all sold out so you people they try to experimenting with the numbers uh, after that and and they no longer told a story the artists kind of did whatever they wanted which which was great because that was also a big part of the goal it'd be a place where you could just post any kind of artwork you want and uh turn it into an ethereum asset very cool so how um did, did you like choose or curate the artists or are is your format currently open to um anyone who wants to submit work or how does how do you work and source the artwork and the artists so the, the main goal with this project is like every time it gets a little bit better. Uh, the first version of the website was like I made it in a bootstrap in an hour, and it was, and then like the three days later, it got a little bit better, and a week later, it got a little bit better. And so when we launched the thirty cards, the problem we were trying to solve was getting the basic site put together, creating a wallet, which because there were a lot of token wallets, so we worked, we were one of the first people to fork my ether wallet, as far as I'm aware, and. And figuring out the card contracts, figuring out the vending machines, because we, we use these vending machine contracts. We put Ethereum in and cards come out. And so we, we didn't want to like mess around with uh, the selection process at the time. So we picked the artists. We just reached out to people we knew. They told people they knew, and word got around. The next 30 cards that I'm doing right now that I'm gearing up for, now that we have all that stuff figured out, I want to open up the selection. I don't want to be curating it anymore. I want to let the community decide what artists, which is why it's really important to me we get the word out because I want to get as many artists as possible to submit their work. And then I'm going to experiment with different ways of voting. Once we have enough art gathered up, we're going to, I, I have like a really basic way of voting and we'll do that for a couple of cards and then I'll make that a little better and then, you know, make that a little better and we'll just kind of keep improving the voting process. And then the idea there would be the community would select the next 30 cards. And if that is a success, can we then have... 30 cards that work, there's a wallet, you can mess around with them, and they were community selected, and we ironed out all the kinks. Then the next 30, we'll do another round of improvements. 
Cool. Very cool. So a lot of innovation and a lot of work, but how, so how do you benefit from it? Right? Because the artists get all the money. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. All the money goes to the artists. We, uh, I, I'm not really monetizing it right now. This is something that I find really interesting. Like the meetup group, I don't make any money on that either. Eventually, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, Cure Cards will be a business um, because th that helps it grow better. I don't want to do an ICO, uh, so I'm not really sure how that looks. But I, there's so many different options with tokens, so many different ways of doing this. Maybe it's something with the voting. Maybe it's something with um, collections. Maybe it's something. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try like five different ways uh, that they can monetize, and whichever one works the best, we'll go with that. But I'm not in a hurry to figure that out right now. Yeah, I think that's smart because you could probably kill off the community particip participation element if you um, were too aggressive in the wrong payment method or were too closed off to which artists could participate and things like that. Yeah, plus if you'd asked me a couple months ago, I would say, well, ICO seem interesting. And now I'm thinking like, oh, God, no, right? I mean, the, 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 the space changes. I, I want to – so now I realize the – because I, because that did change, I realized it's really important to maintain experimentation. It's really important to just keep trying things out and um, not rush to, you know, I think that's the biggest problem that these ICOs have is how do you pivot? If you, if you raise $30 million on a white paper and a very specific idea, and then halfway through building it, you realize it doesn't work or the, it's not, nobody, nobody wants it, there's no users, how do you, how do you pivot? Yeah, uh, when you sold all everybody on that one idea, and, and every startup needs to be flexible and experiment, and uh, I want I want to maintain that freedom. Yeah, no, it's smart. I sympathize. I think so. Uh, without derailing the conversation, I've had sort of my side project that um, I've been considering trying to figure out how to monetize for a few years now, and uh, I'm a serial startup guy, so I have some connections and like some of my, you know, my um, mentors are like, yeah, man, you know, like we, we can put together a round for you and get some money. And I'm like, yeah, but the idea changes like necessarily like all the time. And like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not even about money for me. It's about my passion. Like I can keep my day job and make money. So it's like having that yeah. freedom to make sure that my baby grows up the way that I want it to. Right. It's, uh, it's a similar thing. Yeah. So how many like how many um, uh, cards have you sold? How many like uh, participants are there in the community? Like that, just ballpark numbers on that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, we sold a couple thousand cards. You can see how many cards we sold by just going to the website and looking at the card numbers. Although, again, not all the cards are up yet. The new West website this would be a lot easier to tell. But I know it's a couple thousand cards. Uh, I average the artists made three to three hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars. So I think the average people made they made six hundred bucks. And this was a, we didn't do any advertising or marketing. It was just us goofing off. In terms of how many users there are, it's really hard number to know. I do know that the number of unique Ethereum addresses was over a hundred. So potentially that means there's a hundred people. Though I, I really need to go back and add that number up because I don't know off the top of my head what it is. That was a big problem as well. Out of the first round was I realized we weren't capturing the community correctly because there were. There were actually like community stories happening. Uh, Robeck posted these little these little MS Paint, Paint sketches about like the, the Curio Raccoon saying like I gotta get these cars. He's all feral looking, and those don't exist anywhere. Uh, it was just in the chat room, and people were goofing off. So like this this stuff, it, it was just that was really fun. And like hey, there's a community here. People actually like this, and and um, 
and we weren't capturing that community and you know they don't really stick around you know because there's no it's not like a, a bitcoin or ethereum where you have bitcoin you have ethereum and there's that network effect for it so the, the big thing i want to do right now is i set up a new community site and i want to try to keep people involved um but i want to figure out ways of you know, rewarding, rewarding activity, rewarding collecting, rewarding um, voting, rewarding, you know. So I, I put a new website up. It's community.curio.cards. Oh, cool. And uh, it's just a forum um, where, and I'm, I'm using it to ask for art. So I think three artists have submitted potential cards so far. And they range from, from very good to very bad. <laughs> I think I think it's a really, I don't think, once the word gets out, I think the artists will understand because artists that's what I love about the space is they're willing to experiment and try new things more than, than much, pretty much any other field. So once they're aware of it, I'm, I'm like, I'm offering them, you know, a free way to get yourself on turned into an Ethereum asset, you know? So hopefully we get some cool submissions. But yeah, if you go to community.curio, I don't even have a link to it on the website yet. I just set it up a couple days ago. Uh, I have two main posts. One, I can talk about the Curio blog. It's the one that says Curio Community, but why? And that's just like, why Why is this here? And there's another one that's submit your artwork here. And that one I kind of talk about the idea to curate artwork. See, so community.curio.cards? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I haven't put a link to it on the website yet. I, I'll take care of that probably this weekend or something. I just made that site a couple days ago, or, or late last week. And yeah, the two main posts are the, I mean, the two main posts. There's the curate community, but why? And then the submit your own here post, and both of them like, kind of explain what we're doing now. Yeah, I see Mr. Um, I see Mr. Hansel Hansel's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just submitted his artwork to, uh, yesterday or today, and it, it looks good. It's like it looks like stained glass or something. Um, yeah, he's made some cool stuff. I saw some of his works in uh, in the rare Pepe wallet. He's really excited about this because he wants the opportunity to do things that aren't frog memes. Yeah, yeah, that is sort of a. It's interesting as an artist. Artists are really creative, but sometimes get, given parameters helps them, right? Because they're so yeah. creative that that having some guardrails can help. But for sure, there are people that are going to want to do things that aren't just Pepe or aren't just using the tools that are in Data NYC or you know some of these other things. That, and, and, and the Pepe thing does make voting easier. Like if the community is trying to decide what cards they want, what cards they don't, or whoever's curating Pepe, because you can judge them all by the same metric. But you can see the three cards there. Uh, how do you judge those against each other? So I, I'm really excited to see what kind of voting tools we develop. Yeah, yeah, to see to see what what moves up to the top. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on what makes a good? What's cool about this space to me is that what any one person cares about doesn't really matter, right? Because uh, you know there's either a voting system or there's a completely open system. Uh, but the, you know the, the goal is to move it towards where a wide variety of artists can publish work and it can be voted up by the community or the gate just gets opened right. altogether at some level. But that said, yeah. uh, you know, as the sort of the creator of Curio Cards and you've seen what gets bought and sold or, or even maybe via other metrics, it doesn't necessarily have to be sales. What do you think makes a good um, crypto artwork or a good Curio card? The two biggest things were um, how rare they are. So Pepe was right. <laughs> uh, the, the cards, uh, Crypto Graffiti did 2,000. He did three cards and there were 2,000 of each. And that was the biggest set we ran. It was, we, we didn't think they'd do as well because of that, but he was willing to be with the experiment. So we did, he did 2,000 of each. And um, they, they, there's still some available, like they didn't sell out. But then artists that did like 250 or 100 cards, they'd sell out instantly. Or, you know, like 300 cards. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, and so it's interesting too. Is like people seem to want to have a set, 
if there were three related cars, they're more likely to buy the other two if there's one they liked. But if they had to be like really similarly, very similar in order for that to happen, if they weren't very similar, that didn't seem to happen. The big thing was original content also. If it was an artist posting artwork they've already made, like this is a piece I've already done and I'm trying to get into a curio card, uh, those didn't sell nearly as well as someone who drew uh, something just for curio. Got it. Yeah, so yeah. having specific dedicated content. I think a really good example is if you go on curio.cards and you go to Robeck World's Cards, those three cards were, the project originally was me, uh, Thomas Hunt, who's um, at Bitcoins, and he was kind of doing all the social media stuff, and Rhett Creighton, and he did was our early developer. He's a technical advisor now, but he did their early smart contract development. I have other people working on that now. And Roback decided to do three cards, sort of like, like almost like if it would be a game. So he did like a bard, a wizard, and a um, barbarian, uh, if you're looking at them now. Yeah, I am. So the bard is me, <laughs> the wizard is Thomas Hunt, and the barbarian is, is Rhett. They don't really look necessarily exactly like us. It's more inspired by us. People thought that was really funny. Uh, and Rhett's like winks, you know, and is all buff. And those sold out extremely fast because it was original content. It was sort of an inside joke. And he experimented with the rareness, right? Rhett's card is a lot more rare than the other three. Got it at 250 versus yeah. 500. So, yeah, how yeah. would you – it seems like part of the, the inside joke part makes me think a little bit about the whole meme thing. You know, how do you look at the artwork on curio cards vis-a-vis memes? Because it seems like a lot of crypto art um, is, is coming out of meme culture, right, As specifically well, cryptocurrency archetype. culture. Like I know Archetype, they, they're calling their new thing the meme generation engine, all right? And then Pepe's all memes. And hey, you see on the, the community site, obviously the Coin Daddy picture is very meme-ish. Like if that one wins, it'd be like a meme card. But then you have like Mr. Hansel's card. That's not a meme. That's just nice artwork. And I really want to encourage that. I really want to see, I think there's a lot of stuff happening with memes online. I would love to see like cards that are just pretty. So that's why some of the artists that we picked, like Daniel Friedman and Marisol Vangas, they're not crypto artists. They're not meme artists. They just make neat art. Marisol Vangas did like, it's like tricks with photography and Dale Freeman's just like really finely detailed pencil drawings. If you like right click on them and, and view the whole card and zoom in, it's like really fine detail with his cards. And uh, yeah, so yeah. I would, my, I, my personal goal is I would love to see just like beautiful artwork uh, be a curio card and not, not want to just be a meme platform, which is why the, the voting is going to be a very interesting experiment. So I've had um, two, I guess two follow up questions. I've had a few people reach out to me, uh, a lot of artists reach out to me and, and be like, you know, how do how do I get involved with this, right? And that's partially my motivation to talk to all the folks that are building the platforms. And a, one of the questions that comes up a lot is, hey, I I just make quote unquote regular art. How do I get it, you know, involved with the blockchain? Like they feel like they have to a does it have to be digital? B mm-hmm. does it have to be an inside meme joke about um, cryptocurrency? Or can I just be an artist and like what what platform do I go to if I'm an artist and I want to get involved with the blockchain? And also there's another one requirement there too, which is usually the artists need to have counterparty tokens or Ethereum in order to set up their artwork. Like they, I need to know how to create a counterparty token if I'm doing a Pepe or I need to have Ethereum to pay the fees, you know, in order to create cards. So I don't think the meme part is required. Uh, we've already had cards that sold out that weren't memes. I don't think that you should have to have crypto. Like that's a big that's a big part with what we do. That's um, why we don't charge the artists because I can say, hey, we'll create cards for you, but it costs uh, it co- say it costs me sixty bucks in Ethereum fees to make the, the cards. 
it would make sense for me to tell the artist, pay me 60 bucks in Ethereum and I'll, and you know, you pay your fees. Right. But we don't do that. We just cover the fees for them because I want to have artists that don't even have Ethereum, you know, don't know how to, don't how to do that. Like this is how they get their Ethereum is by selling their cards. I think the digital part isn't uh, entirely necessary. You can do like a, a physical demonstration, but in order to do that, you really have to have a deep understanding of the community. Cause then you're like, it's almost commentary. If you, if you're doing something like curio cards, it'd have to be digital, but Hansel's painting he just put up it was a watercolor I think that he then tweaked on his computer so you can you can draw something physical take a scan it in and then what I think would be really cool what I would love an artist to do is to take like a painting like do a beautiful painting do a high resolution picture of it and then destroy the original so, so it only exists, only exists digitally yeah that'd be cool that is cool uh, but even if, yeah or a digital uh, picture would be would be fine uh, and, and I would hope that what they what we can offer them because I, I want to create something that is really useful. I want to create something that actually is, is useful to the community. I don't want to make something that's just like, you know, makes me feel good or makes me money or whatever. So, so I would hope that Curio can be a place for an artist who doesn't know anything about crypto can go to just get involved. We don't have like a fancy, you know, submission system in place yet, but if they just go on community.curio.cards and upload their artwork, uh, it'll be voted on. And if they win, they'll be turned into an Ethereum ass, art asset. So they don't have to do anything except sign up for a forum account. Very cool. Which, which you know, Facebook login, right? You don't have to even sign up for the, the forum account. Just say, like, sign in with Facebook. Uh, and then they just have to post their artwork. And that post has, like, there's a few guidelines. Like, I want them to all have this kind of same aspect ratio. And we want the file sizes to be too large. Um, but otherwise, whatever you want to do, uh, as long as there's, like, an, you know, there's an ethical check as well, right? We don't want to do, like, violence or pornography or something. Right, right. So... You'll have to curate to some degree to make sure that stuff that's not, uh, I guess, not safe for work content. Um, doesn't yeah, what, what I'd like to do is I'd like to switch away from curation and do more moderation. Yeah. Uh, not not wanting to censor anyone. You can still do something crazy. But uh, the idea is even the community would decide its own ethics. So like right now we're just we're trying to – the voting is to get rid of curation. One of the next things I would experiment with is having the community decide its own moderation rules. So for now, I'm the moderator. Like the same way, like the first 30, I was the curator. This time, I'm not the curator, but I'm the moderator. The next 30, I don't want to be the moderator either. And maybe we'll have like a moderation system put in place where the people actually decide what is work for someone, safe for work, you know? So you're working further and further towards decentralizing the whole process, right? Every time. You can't do it all. If I could just snap my fingers and have 30 features programmed and made, I would do that. And, but no, we have to, we have to figure it out as we go. Plus, actually, may not even be the best idea, honestly, because you need feedback as you build. Right. You need to make sure what you're building is actually useful. Cool. So yeah, one of my, um, my soapboxes outside of the, the crypto art stuff I've been looking at is, uh, I, so I do a lot with art historical data and women are like depressingly underrepresented and under, you know, their work sold for, sells for about 50% less than, uh, work by men. And, you know, they don't get the shows that they should get. They're not written into the history books the way they should be written in. And one of my concerns, having like sort of surveyed the, the crypto art space, is that it does seem a little bit male dominant, some platforms more than others. What would you say, like the ratio on that you've seen so far, like on Curio cards, like men, male to female participation from the artist side, from the collector side, and, and where you want to go um, directionally with that? I, I would start with the Bitcoin meetup group that I do. One of the things that really attracted me to it when it, before I was organizing, when I started to start volunteering my time was I go to the, I used to go to like a lot of Linux events and 
any tech event, it's all guys. I'd go to a Bitcoin event, though, and Bitcoin appeals to people for political reasons, economic reasons, tech reasons, artists, lawyers, accountants, you know, libertarians, gold bugs, you know, decentralized people, you know, the people who like farm their own vegetables, you know, like all sorts of, of different people are, are attracted to it. So it had a, a better, um, you know, there, there, there were more women, women at it than a regular tech event. I wouldn't say the demographics are amazing, but it seemed better represented. In the art world, I have heard of this before, that you know, their work isn't worth as much. And, and the, I mean, for the most part, the art world is decided by like a few galleries and collector families, right? Because uh, if you actually like look at the people making the stuff, you know, a lot of very creative women are artists, like Dada in New York, right? I think that there, there are women are artists that run that thing. On Curio Cards, two of our artists were women out of the seven that launched. Uh, one of them... You can probably figure out the other one, you know, like they use a pseudonym, so maybe it's hard to tell sure. who is who, but two of them were, and uh, my lead designer is, is a woman now as well. And the important thing, I guess, to know is that the, the curio cards made by women had the same price as the curio cards made by men. <laughs> there was no uh, price dis- discrepancy there. Uh, every curio card is always mint condition, and every curio card had the same value. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm bull- so I'm somewhat bullish on um, well a lot of aspects of blockchain for artists, but one of them is the uh, anonymity, the ability of anonymity to mask, you know, gender, race, creed, age, you know, any mm-hmm. number of things, right? So it's it's a much more democratic system for propagating yeah. artwork. Uh, up. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much if you're a big name artist. In fact, I don't really want big name artists. I want like the kid in Mexico is crazy talented, but he does not know it about in the art world. I want that to be a platform for that person. And and yeah, and with crypto stuff, it doesn't really matter who you are. It doesn't matter your name. It just matters: is this good? Do I like it? Is it interesting? Is it fun? Very cool. I'm sure, there's quite a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me see. I'm trying to think of any other major quest so i guess we touched on some of the differences but if you were to say like what's the unique opportunity for curio cards versus like the 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 more i scratch this space the more i realize there's like you know now what seem like dozens of companies that that want to move into the enabling artists uh, which is great you know i mean from my perspective being you know pro artist or whatever i'm like hey this is awesome but what well yeah what do you think will make Curio Cards sort of distinctive from some of the other stuff that's up and coming or some of the other ones that are around that um, will, will help it sort of survive the onslaught of, uh, of new platforms? Yeah, yeah when, when we – and I, I love the, all the new companies. I, I People are kind of surprised when I say that. They think like, oh, it's competition. But when we started Curio Cards, there was us and Pepe Cash. Like that was it. And I would um, – like tell people about the idea and they wouldn't return my calls you know they would be like oh that sounds but you know i don't care it's just a digital file i can just i can just go on curio and save the image and download it you know i don't care who cares uh no one seemed to get it and then like crypto kitties happened and suddenly everyone like got it you know they understood that there's actually value buying digital artwork and so i'm a huge fan of that and crypto pumps as well came out very shortly after us and you know they were free at first and nobody wanted them like they just sat there like any you could just take it it's free it's yours and they just sat there so i i'm a big fan of all the new people entering the space kind of help explore that space i suppose what makes what's going to make us different going forward because at the time what made us different was just that we were a crypto art platform right but that was a lot of those what's going to make us different going forward is a lot of these companies are they're yeah, they have a business model, right? I mean, CryptoKitties, you kind of understand how it works and what it is. You know, punks, they can, they can do a lot with that, but it's very kind of set. Dada, uh, they have a lot, a lot of freedom and a lot of expression, but, you know, it's also they use the, you know, they have the set of, you know, rules and it's business. Uh, I'm not saying anything bad. I love Dada. 
I hope that what we can do is be the place where experimentation is still, you know, an option more. Like we're not really locking into one particular model. We're trying things out. We're messing around. Uh, we have, a, I guess, uh, a few uh, constraints, like the idea we're kind of probably going to stick with the card model, you know, in terms of the size of the images. But you can, that's a, that's a bit, just think of that like a standard canvas size, right? You can do anything you want with it. So hopefully keeping it like a place where it's open and, and people can try out ideas, uh, being community run is really important, you know, like becoming decentralized, right? The community curates, the community moderates, the community eventually self-hosts images, self, you know, uh, have, have events that, you know, the community puts together themselves, try to create something that's, that's a very open platform that anybody can kind of jump in and use and mess around with and, uh, and community run. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be the main goals. And, and not having the constraints and restrictions. If you're doing Pepe, you need to do a frog meme. If, you're doing, if it's CryptoKitties, uh, there's, there's not really room for artists there necessarily because program level, same thing with CryptoPunks. Um, uh, Dada is the most open platform out there right now, which is why I'm a big fan of it. I know they have things like you have to use the online tool, though, right? I can't just upload a something I made in Photoshop. Right, right. Yeah, so I was sets and series and collections and, uh, yeah. So I would say that it sounds like any anybody these days can kind of come out and, and throw a shingle up and say that they have the new tool, but the, the community uh, is a big part of it, uh, that you've already got the community not only of artists, but of, of people, of collectors, right, who understand it. And, and it's, it's definitely a small community. I'm not going to pretend it's, you know, we, we have a huge community right now, but the idea is if we can keep building that and keep growing it, more artists involved, if we're always the thing that's the most useful for artists, the thing that's the most fun, the thing that's most experimenting. And maybe like we do a, a neat feature and then somebody turns that into a business, right? And all we are is just the place where things are tested out. Hopefully that can, you know, just be the, it just, yeah, try to be a community focused platform. Uh, I even have, uh, I just made a website today, actually. I, just, I, was, I forgot, I should let you know. I put a new site up today that kind of, I think maybe um, shows this commitment. Uh, if you go to calendar.curio.cards, this is not a Curio Cards product. This doesn't help me in any way, I guess, other than, you know, I guess it has the URL on it, but I might even just make its own webpage for it. I, I was in this this art chat room, and uh, I then like there are like the four different events that I heard about, right? Uh, and I realized, and the community organizer in me like popped up and said like this is too confusing. There's there's you know four different events coming out in the next couple of months, so I put up a just like uh, an hour, you know, a Google Calendar and a and a, and a simple webpage. And anyone can submit their event. Um, just create a community calendar, and it's not just going to be for curious, curious stuff. Well, if Dada does an event, we'll put it on there too. Just try to be a useful tool to the crypto art ecosystem and community. Yeah. That's, that's our main yeah, goal. It's like no, a, a real sense of cooperation, right? So it seems like everybody, you know, uh, even a lot of the intros I got at the festival were one platform developer introducing me to another, being like, hey, check out this person's yeah. stuff. And I think. It comes back to no one's really making a whole lot of money off of this right now. So the people right. that are, the people that are motivated to to build on it and contribute, it really does come from uh, an altruistic source, right? Um, at least for now, uh, which is cool. Yeah, yeah I'm checking. Hopefully, hopefully they, the altruism stays. But even if it starts disappearing on certain platforms, my personal goal is that it never goes away with Curio. It's not a platform for greed. It's not a platform for uh, making a quick buck. It's just a platform for yeah, trying things and being community run. That's awesome. What did you? So a few a few other questions that are maybe more just generally about the space. So you were mentioning like in early days, no one was re returning your calls, um, and people like didn't really understand. So I I still get questions all the time. You know, 
my friends and family are are probably concerned um, that I've jumped into this with both feet, right? Like they're like, "Wait, you just spent two hundred dollars for a for a Basquiat Pepe? Like, what are you, what are you doing?" Um, so, what's your? I think everyone I've talked to has a good description on how they handle the question about like, "What is this thing that you're actually selling, or what people are buying?" Right? And the the que- line of questions are usually like, "Okay, a, what is it? B." Is the artwork actually in the blockchain? It's another one people always want to ask, right? Um, and uh, how, what happens if the, the – so you're on the Ethereum chain, right? So what happens if yeah. the Ethereum chain goes down? Does anyone own anything? So you know better than I do the, the litany of standard questions that people get tripped up by. Uh, yeah. How would you sort of walk through the, the answers to those for folks that maybe aren't comfortable yet? Well, with, with what it is, if, they do, if they know anything about uh, Bitcoin, uh, I like to tell them – I mean this is just what – but I think what makes Bitcoin special is it's a collectible. I think every Bitcoin is an Apple One computer, you know, like handmade by Steve Jobs, right? Every Bitcoin's handmade by Satoshi. It's it's old and obsolete, but it's the first one and it's special, right? So I, I think Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum and a lot of their value does come from that. It's just a it's a rare digital collectible, anyways. So you know, and applying that to the art world, um, there's already a. Yeah, I mean, that, that works so well with art, right? Art is all about rare prints, it's about limited numbers, it's about, you know, limited time, you know, like there's only a hundred of these or there's only one of those. Um, in terms of, like, what is it that I'm getting? Was that the second question? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if it's, if I can just save it or whatever. I guess it's also, like, is the art on the blockchain itself? What we personally do is we put the art on IPFS so it can kind of be decentralized, hosted, and then we take a hash of that artwork and embed it into the ERC-20 Ethereum token. So you're already on IPFS? Yeah, we're on IPFS. Okay. And yeah, and, and that that's where the art gets because anyone can host an IPFS node. Yep. And um, yeah, so it's you know very decentralized. And uh, that way we don't have to put the artwork itself in Ethereum, because that'd be crazy expensive on gas fees. But uh, the token is still totally linked and locked to the artwork. You know, if you change the artwork in any way, the token, you know, not gonna work. Um, because it's the unique fingerprint, right? So I like to say uh, digital artwork, it doesn't you can't sell digital artwork in any meaningful way. There's just there's no market for it. A JPEG isn't special. A PNG isn't special. If I'm a digital artist, uh, I just can't sell my artwork. I can sell physical prints. Maybe I can have a Patreon account. People like just out of the kindness of their hearts, give me money. But I can't sell my digital artwork, and that's a problem that Bitcoin solved. I can have a unique, rare digital object. So I'm applying that to digital artwork and make a rare, unique digital piece of artwork. And people say, well, I can just download the image. I said, well, that's in a lot of ways, that's just like having a reproduction or taking a picture in a museum. Uh, it's not the original token because it's not just about the, the picture. It's, a, it's the token. The token is the artwork. The picture's not the artwork. The token is the artwork. And a part of the artwork is it's a token that has an image embedded inside of it. And that's like neat, you know? Like it's, it's, that's, it's like a sculpture more than it is a painting. It's a sculpture that has a painting inside of it. And it's a sculpture you want to own, not a picture of the painting inside of it. So. Uh, if you just download the image, you only have a reproduction. If you want to have the original, you need to own the token. And ideally, once we develop more features, like I could have my wallet, I could cryptographically prove ownership of a piece. It'd be a little QR code in the bottom corner, and you scan it with the, uh, the Curio app, and it says, yes, this is the authentic owner. Yeah. And you, yeah, that's incredibly powerful. You can't even do that with regular art. I can't even be sure if a painting is an original. Uh, but I can be sure that a carry card is an original. I, you can't counterfeit it. You can't fake it. They're always mint condition. And uh, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, the the analogy. So two, the two analogies I use, one is, you know, I'm old enough that all my music switched from CDs 
to uh, digital, all my books. You know, I just listen to Audible now. And none of that stuff bothers me or most people for that matter. But the same people that have lived through this, I try to explain to them how, um, you know, uh, crypto art works. And they're like, but there's not even like a thing. And I'm like, yeah, but your music's all digital. Like this, at least, you know, you've got um, the whole point of the distributed ledger and blockchain technology is that you've got better, not worse ability to track who owns what, right? Um, What you you don't have with your MP3s, right? Yeah, this is this is better than what happened to the music world. Before I had a, I had a record collection and I owned that music. I had a physical. I own that record collection now. I don't have a record collection, you know, say, but I have a Spotify account. But I don't own that music anymore. I rent it. With Curio, we're not we're not we're not losing anything. We're you know the idea is to replace the digi- the physical with the digital. But I still own the digital thing. You know, if I were to if I were to say let's get rid of physical artwork and replace it with a Spotify model, uh, that wouldn't be great. You know, you'd just be renting the rights to look at it but you wouldn't own the piece like i own the record collection with carrier card you can own your carrier card you have it uh and i guess it goes to the question like what if ethereum blockchain goes down right so my cards get wiped out like if carrio goes out of business for instance let's start there you still own your card like i don't i can't take it from you ownership's decentralized uh that was the first thing we made sure we did curation wasn't decentralized but ownership was decentralized right it's your card and you know ethereum has troubles i mean the whole point of the platform is to experiment and try things out. Like things fail all the time. You know, uh, if, if Ethereum has problems, we can move to something else. We can try something else out. It's, it's software, it's open available, but you can still prove that chain of ownership. You know, I can still prove that I can have a token on the new Ethereum because I signed my keys for the old Ethereum. Right. So, uh, there are ways to transfer ways to transfer it. If it does go down. Yeah. And it's, that's more powerful than if I have a record collection and I, I want to get, uh, you know, switch to iTunes. Uh, there's there's no connection there. It's just I, I have to go rebuy all my music again. Yeah, with the whole like right click or video, the, the take a photo of the picture of the thing. I because mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting increasingly um, short tempered on it and, and and more obnoxious. I tell people like the only reason anyone owns anything is because we all agree, right? So like if if you got in your car and started it up and I threw you out of your car and drove off in your car, I now have your car, right? Well, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't do that because we all agree that that's not, you know, <laughs> what, what should be done, right? So similarly, could you take a picture of my, you know, um, you know, my digital uh, curio card and not have paid for it? Sure, but then you'd be an ass, right? I mean, the same way. Nobody, nobody respects that value. No one would consider that photo to have any value. They right. wouldn't care. Right, 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 right. It's, it's a forgery or it's stolen or, you know, it's not. At best, it's a reproduction. Yeah. At worst, it's, it's a counterfeit. Or, it's, or I mean, at worst, it's theft, I guess. But the thing is, like, it's, I can very easily tell. It's not like you can't steal a carrier card by taking a picture and then pass it off as a carrier card. I instantly know it's not a real carrier card. There's no token. So I just, I'm not going to buy it from you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if someone wants to buy, so I, I did briefly look, I don't have any curio yet. I've been working my way through and getting a little, a little of everything, but I did sign in at one point and all these systems are a little bit different, right? Yeah. In terms of how, so I've got some Ethereum and all the, the, the Bitcoin crowd are like super endlessly helpful with explaining things to people on how they, you know, I, I was chastised for having money in, um, a Coinbase. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The maximalists love to make that point. Yeah, right. like, get, get your money out of the Coinbase. You got to put it into blockchain.info. Um, and I was all. I wouldn't, the- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use blockchain.info. They've been hacked like twice. Oh, really? Uh, they, had, they had problems with the random number generator. 
Uh, again, it's like that's why people leave it in Coinbase because it's just hard. Uh, Coinbase, at least your money's probably safe. Uh, I like you know, like mobile wallets usually are pretty good, or a paper wallet's the best if you really want to dive deep into the rabbit hole. Paper wallet, all or right. Ledger. A ledger is really easy. You little hardware wallets. You know about the ledgers? Is it like the Open Dime thing that? Uh... Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the Open Dime. Only Open Dime, it's like it's a one-time use kind of thing. Uh, a ledger, it's it's a it's like a USB drive, but the private keys stay on the device. So you plug it into your computer, and but if your computer is infected with viruses, it doesn't matter because the private keys never leave the device. So you store all of your keys on the device, and you can have a backup in case you lose the device as well. Uh, Trezor and Ledger are the two biggest hardware wallets. Uh, Ledger is probably uh, the way to go. Trezor had an early lead, but Ledger seems to have passed them. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, the Ledger S Nano is the best one to buy. And it's like 80 bucks or something, and uh, they just raised a crap ton of money, too. Huh. And they it, it does Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Doge. I mean, they have a lot of a lot of wallet support. Yeah, I see that you support, says use your Ledger or Trezor to access. We have, yeah. So, like, the if... The, the simplest way you could describe for someone that wants to buy a curio card, like if, if you're starting them from having no cryptocurrency whatsoever, like what, what are the, the, the minimal steps required to be able to get in and buy something? If you scroll down on the page uh, below the artist, you'll see like a one, two, three on how to get curio cards. And the first one is set up a wallet. Uh, so there, do you know my Ether wallet? So my Ether wallet is probably the easiest way to keep your Ethereum safe. It's a web wallet. It's just uh, it's usually called Mew for shorthand. You know, M E M E you know, Mew. Um, but my you know, myetherwallet.com, and it's just a web wallet. All it does is it generates a file, and you download the file. The file is encrypted, and it gives you your keys. And if you ever want to check your stuff, you load the file up, manage your funds. It's one of the easiest ways to have an Ethereum wallet. Um, so what we did is we we forked that. It was an open source project. So we took it and we just made a copy of it, and we made that copy custom for Curio cards. Uh, people have done this a lot now. I actually think we we're one of the earliest people to fork uh, my Ether wallet. Um, it's become a lot more popular now. Uh, so if you go to my Curio wallet, which is that link on the website, mycuriowallet.com, it's just a fork of my Ether wallet, and you just create a wallet. And the, what the fork does is if you sign into my Ether wallet, it says here's your coin, your Ethereum, and your tokens. It'll say Ethereum and tokens. That's the word it uses. On ours, it'll say uh, Ethereum and cards. And all of the 30 cards that have been released are hard-coded into the wallet. So, you know, if, if you load up your my Ether wallet or your, my, your Curio wallet, it'll show how many of each card you have. And it's all, you don't have to add the tokens manually or anything like that. Because my Ether wallet has hundreds of tokens, thousands of tokens. But there's so many Ethereum tokens out there. So the, the Curio wallet just makes it a little easier. So yeah, step one, get it, just set up a Curio wallet. You just type in a password and hit go. Uh, download the file and back it up. Step two, get some Ethereum from wherever. And then just send that Ethereum to the vending machine for the card. And what it'll do is, the, what the vending machine does is, if, if a card costs, uh, these aren't the real numbers, but let's just say a card costs one Ether. Uh, our cards generally cost like 50 cents a dollar or whatever, or two bucks because the price kept going up. Originally, they were 25 cents. I think now they're like three bucks or something. But, but say it's like one Ether, and you send five Ether. What it'll do is it'll take the five Ether, and it'll send five cards back to the address the Ethereum came from. So Ether goes in, cards come out. Got it. If you send, if you send uh, 4.5 Ether, you know, it's not it's not going to work, right? Because it, it can't. I think I think it sends all your money back, uh, or it just doesn't it doesn't take it at all. It just doesn't work. 
I don't think it, it does four and then sends you back the hand. It just doesn't work. You have to send. It's like putting quarters into, you know, those those uh, those vending machines with the, the, the twisty knob. You put the quarter and twist the knob and the little plastic ball comes out with the toy in it. The prize pod, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. You know, if you want, if you want two cards, put two quarters in. You know, turn. If you want one card, put one quarter and turn it. And uh, so the cards just go right back to you. So if you're using a MyEther wallet, your cards just appear in your MyEther wallet because it's the same address. Okay. And if you wanna, if you wanna, so then you'll see like it shows like I have five of number ten card, right? But it doesn't show the card. If I want to see the card, then you go to the gallery, which is the third step. And that's another big improvement we're gonna make soon is is making the gallery and the wall the same thing. I, I should be able to just see my cards. But, you know, all this stuff just takes some time, yeah. Sure. But if you go to the gallery and put your public address in, essentially the gallery is a block explorer. So you put the public address in, and it shows you what cards you have and how many you have, and it shows you the picture. You can see them. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, I have to – I do I need both a My Ether wallet and a um, Curio wallet? Or I can just create a Curio wallet and send from yeah. either Coinbase or blockchain.info. I'll have an address in my Curio wallet, and I can send mm-hmm. my Ethereum – and I don't need any, like some of the other ones, you need some Bitcoin, the grease, the transaction or whatever, or you need to, but this is just straight Ethereum? Yeah, so you'll, you'll need Ethereum for fees and for buying the cards, but you don't need any Bitcoin or anything like that. Um, it's not like, it's not a counterparty asset like Pepe where you need Bitcoin and counterparty and all that stuff. And you don't need a MyEther wallet, just a Curio wallet. In fact, it's the same thing. If you do set up a MyEther wallet, you can take that file and load it into Curio wallet and it'll work. You can take your Curio wallet file and load it into my Ether wallet and it'll work. It's the same thing. As I say, it's a copy of my Ether wallet. Got it. Okay. Ours is a few versions behind. There's like a few less options, but I'm updating it right now as well as integrating the gallery. So I'll be, we'll do a big wallet update soon. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I often forget, I forget with every post that you kind of have to start from the beginning and walk people through like how to buy and what it is and how it works. So that's, that's helpful mm-hmm. and I'll have to get on there, and yeah, I like crypto graffiti's uh, work. I'll have to add some to my yeah. uh, to my gallery, and I'll I'll hit you up yeah. if I get stuck. Yeah, and that's that's the big problem with that you make something new, right? It's it's very it's very held together with duct tape and spit and glue, and it's it's kind of complicated and hard. But the the idea is we just make it a little bit easier. You you should have seen how hard this was before my Ether wall before my Curio wallet. Originally, we used my Ether wallet. Uh, we didn't have, we didn't, it took us a while to fork my Ether wallet uh, and just get it all figured out. Originally, you had to go to my Ether wallet, create a my Ether wallet, and then manually add the token IDs for each card in order to see your cards. So, my Curio wallet is already a huge improvement. And then the next big version will be an even bigger improvement. And it's just, you just gotta, it just takes time. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that the, you know, in theory, this makes everything easier and better and more equitable in the long run. But it, yeah. it's hard to say with a straight face that many of these platforms make things technically "quote unquote" easier today, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's so it's really yeah. the it's the passion for the vision that, that I think drives a lot of collectors and creators and, and technologists and artists to use it today because it's it'd be hard to say it's easy, right? Uh, it's it's not yeah. quite yet, yeah. right? The passion for the vision thing—that's a really good way of putting it because uh, if we wanted to. Um, this is, it's like you're using, it's, it's like you're using software before it's released almost, right? Like if we wanted to, we could not tell anyone the, you know, not show them the rough version and just close our doors and just develop the nice, pretty thing and release the nice, pretty thing. Like that's what ICOs do. They show mockups and screenshots. They collect a bunch of money and then they make it. I'm, I'm showing how the sausage is made, right? It's just sort of like, uh, you know, the first version of the website was, was really terrible. And the first version of the wallet was really terrible. The new version's a little bit better. The new website's a little bit better. And uh, you, you, a lot of that's sort of exposed. And you have to really love what you're, 
you really love the the, uh, the industry in order to to you know suffer through all those iterations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree that it's the way, there's that classic image of a uh, um, product development where they show the skateboard, the bicycle, and the car. Like you know that you have to kind of go through that process versus just going from like nothing to car or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's smart to have it out there and exposed so that you can use user feedback to help develop it. Very cool, man. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably the majority of the questions that I have. My thinking is, so I, ha- I wrote the, the crypto. So first I wrote the blockchain art, uh, market article and that kind of, that's still as far as I know at the top for blockchain and art. So I was getting like a lot of, um, questions around that. And I was like, eh, you know, what are, what can I help people understand that can also get me a, a decent footing SEO wise? And I'm like, you know what, you know, I think crypto art's a good way to describe not all of blockchain art, but I think the stuff that is mostly the stuff that's like digitally native and like, you know, about the, the Bitcoin community and meme-ish or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily en- encapsulate everything. But I felt bad when I published it. Part of it was um, I didn't have a lot of time and I was felt like I had to get something out. But I felt like Curio Cards should be in there. And it was like Data NYC, Pepe, and like this mm-hmm. sort of – I mean, there are other like gaming-oriented platforms, but that's You're not really my a lot of marketing, so it's totally understandable, yeah. Yeah, so I was going to try to – I'll probably retroactively add this. And the Crypto Art article was top for Crypto Art for a while – and then Google dropped me off the face of the earth. I don't know what I did, but Google uh, for for crypto art. Maybe I'll come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, a big part of my goal is to like to actually tell the story the right way, right? So, like for example, the Pepe story is a difficult one to tell because of all the alt right um, hate symbol associations, right? But my experience mm-hmm. with all the people that I met at the conference, at least, were that that's not really what they're about, right? That's not like their jam. But if you read like the New York Times article and all the like, everybody just pretty much left them out of the conversation completely. And I'm yeah. like, it's just not cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this to be a story. I mean, there's so many cool, innovative people, like creative people, doing really neat stuff. I don't want this to be a story that's just like crypto kids and crypto punks because I think that misses the coolest parts of what's going on. Right? It's like, yeah, the, those two took off, and that's great. But that's like one or two artists, you know, uh, versus these, these platforms that really make it um, possible for anyone. Right? And I think with like with Pepe, it's also just a lot of people misunderstanding like that. Um, people don't understand memes, right? They don't understand like the whole concept of trolling. And Pepe, I don't think, I mean, there's obviously you could find pictures of some pretty hateful stuff with Pepe on it. But it, the whole point was always just to mess with people. Yeah, and I agree. It's a, a triple time inside joke. It's so inside that it's hard to explain it to the mainstream, right? But so then... Yeah, when you meet the people, like I, I, I've met a lot of Pepe people, a lot of, and I've, and I've not met one, uh, you know, Nazi right. <laughs> that I'm aware of at least so far. They also like really lovely people. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Yeah, that sort of was my experience too. So, but when, when you're trying to explain to the mainstream, a mm-hmm. what blockchain is, b what crypto art is, and then c why Pepe's Pepe's not a Nazi, like you know, to, to do that, it's not worth. Time to try to go. Yeah, that's why I mean, as with Curio Cards, you picked a very uh, generic yet fun name. Uh, we we don't want to. You know, it, I think the art space is too important to have to um, explain the Pepe stuff as a barrier. Uh, mm-hmm. It should just be like, here's the thing, here's how it works, check it out. Yeah, yeah, just get in it and give it a shot. Cool. And there's that art of the blockchain podcast as well. Cynthia and I are doing, um, and uh, yeah, that's a cool idea. We need more of those. Yeah, I think it's it's helpful for folks to start to understand it. I mean, this is. This stuff's going to grow one way or the other, but I, my interest is like, let's make sure that we tell the, the real story, right? Like how it's actually happening and who the innovators are versus um, 
letting someone like the New York Times, right, who's going to just lob on to whatever section they think will get the most eyes. Um, so, yeah. yeah, hopefully hopefully some good comes of it. Well, cool. I, I really appreciate the, the include. Um, I mean, obviously, you're, uh, you know, the, for us, the most important thing is uh, getting uh, artists involved in the community site. Um, because I need to get, I, if I'm going to do 30 cards, I mean, you know, I want like, um, you know, a couple of hundred, you know, I want like a hundred submissions or something. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna get that all at once. You know, the first card will probably be like, I'll get like, when I get like five cards, I'll do the first vote. Right. But, um, as many, uh, art submissions as possible. So that we have a lot of, a lot of fun stuff to play around with is, is our primary goal right now. So the community site and getting people to submit their artwork is, uh, my number one objective right now, as well as of course being, you know, continuing things like the calendar and stuff. Yeah, I think you, so you're where you fit in terms of my responses to people are when artists were reaching out to me before I would send them to data NYC and say like, Hey, here's a community you can hang around and use their tool. And they're working through how to make it possible to, um, you know, to sell artists work, but they're kind of picking and choosing and, you know, they're not at a spot right now where you can just say, raise your hand and, and sell stuff. Um, with Pepe, they've shut down submissions completely for now. Um, although I think they're going to come and open that back up. I see that as obviously more Pepe related and it's, uh, you know, so if you want to make Pepe's, Pepe's wallet is great. Right. Um, but if you don't want to make Pepe's, which most artists probably, that's not their jam, um, that, that doesn't really solve it. And then, um, I've talked to Jason, uh, from archetype and I, I think his platform has a lot of potential um, for artists, and I think they're really um, genuinely trying to make it super open for artists. But they, as a sort of an initial beachhead, I think are trying to pitch it as memes as well, but just you know, not just Pepe memes, and then we'll broaden from there. Um, and so you know, and also they're not quite ready, I don't think, yet for me to send people there either, right? So you're sort of the logical spot. If someone's just an artist, especially if they're not even doing stuff that's digital, like they're more traditional, but they want to figure out how to get their work in front of people. Um, curio card seems like the, the only spot that I can think of right now where I can send them. Right. So I'll definitely Excellent. send folks your way. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks Travis. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Dank Rares podcast. Our show is produced by husband and wife team Adrian and Erin Burke Moran of Hyper Freedom Productions. If you're interested in learning more about art on the blockchain, be sure to check out artnome.com. That's A-R-T-N-O-M-E, like genome, not like gnomes with a G. Okay.